Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 476 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, joined today by the regular two, Ben Asker and Kyle Brackett. We have a special guest on today, 2016 Olympian, four-time All-American NCAA champion for Penn State, Frank Molinaro. Frank, what's going on in Oklahoma? Are you at any wild exotic pet uh, zoos right now? Yeah, we haven't broke in there yet, but uh, just hanging, man. Oklahoma's good. Weather's getting nice. That's awesome. Well, um, obviously your plans for this spring and summer got derailed a little bit when the Olympic trials and the Olympics got got postponed. How is this um, decision? How, how did you take that news, and how has this decision maybe uh, impacted you specifically? So when I got the initial news – there wasn't a date set yet when they had first canceled the trials. So I was just waiting for more information. Uh, And then just recently they posted that the Olympics would be postponed for a year. And then after that, you know, that's where I kind of really took some time to just download all that information and kind of process it. And uh, to be completely honest, once I thought it through and, you know, once I got all all the information, that's when we decided that we were going to hang them up. Wow. So you, you've decided that you're going to retire from competing in the sport of wrestling? Yeah, the first thing that really got me was, you know, if this would have played out organically, I would have wrestled in the trials and just, you know, gone for broke, either made it to Tokyo or retired at the Bryce Jordan Center. Uh, unfortunately, that's not going to happen. But when I heard it was postponed for another year, you know, for me, that's another 700 800 workouts, you know, I have to cut about 15 to 25 pounds. And uh, with all things considered, you know, I just felt like it was the right time and I felt good about it. And, uh, you know, I'm really sacrificed my coaching career for a long time and to be pursuing my competitive career and reach this point where now it's a good opportunity for me to, you know, hang it up and I feel good about it. How much of the decision was 
uh, based around the weight. You know, watching you at senior nationals, you know, you cramped up a couple times. Uh, you know, the obvious speculation is that was weight cut related stuff that you were you were dealing with. How much of that is a factor? Whereas if you were a, maybe if the Olympic weight was seventy, do you think you maybe would stick around another year? Yeah, absolutely. The weight cut the weight cut's a huge part of it. You know, I really, I love to work hard. I love working out. You know, I love training. The volume was no problem. Uh, but the weight cut was really starting to take a toll on my body. And my body just wants to get bigger. Uh, it's definitely challenging with three kids and, you know, trying to cut all that weight. So I think the weight cut definitely had a lot to do with it. But uh, more importantly, just, you know, I'm very content and satisfied with my career. And, you know, I wanted to end in Bryce Jordan, but, you know, this is fine. What are some of the, the highlights of your career for you, the, the special memories you have? I mean, you had a, an amazing college career. Your international career, especially 2016, was, was, a, was a fantastic run. What, what sticks out to you as some of the brightest memories? Well, definitely winning my first, you know, winning that national title was huge for me. You know, it was a real stressful tournament. My senior year, I was undefeated. And I always had tough match with Scott Sagaguchi. My second match at NCAAs, uh, there was like 30 seconds left, and I kicked out of a shot, and I got a tear in my MCL and wrestled the rest of the tournament with a torn MCL. So winning that finals match my senior year will probably go down as, you know, one of the greatest moments. That was one of my lifelong goals. Uh, winning the Olympic trials in Bryce Jordan Center, you know, probably more specifically that Metcalf match because that was a real breakthrough for me. Metcalf was always the marker in my weight class. He had always been dominant and done a fantastic job domestically. So getting over that hump was huge. Uh, I think the World Cup in Los Angeles, you know, I was able to have my wife's family from the West Coast there, my family. You know, that was a great experience. And when I finally walked out there and got my hand raised in my first match at Rio, I think that was probably, you know, my best moment. And what what do you think about uh, in t- in terms of next steps? Is it is it coaching? Is it staying in the sport? Um, what what do you what's the next move for Frank Molinaro? You know, so right now we're just trying to figure that out. My wife and I, um, you know, OU has been super gracious to us. They brought us in here about a year and a half ago, and you know, the goal was to make the national team in 2019 wrestle in some tournaments and uh, qualify for the Olympic trials. And, you know, that offer is expired. You know, I know I've had discussions with them and, you know, there's opportunities potentially here, but, you know, right now I'm just looking to see what opens up in the coaching world, see what jobs open up and, you know, find the right fit for my family and I and get this thing going. I know one of the most important things to me is just, finding a situation where, you know, when I do move my family, you know, that we're done deal, we're not going to move and settle down and really dive into this thing full throttle. So right now we're searching and, uh, you know, this is kind of the first time I'm telling people. So I think uh, things will probably get moving now a little bit. Yeah, I can imagine you'll be a, a pretty uh, sought after prospect from from a coaching perspective. Um, Thanks. What... Uh, Imagine for a moment you were you were an NCAA athlete this year coming into your senior year as the undefeated one seed. I, I think your and Colin Moore's kind of stories were parallel. This was going to be Colin's 
likely moment where he would be an NCAA champion. He was a big favorite who had been really close a couple of times, like you were. You were in the finals the year before. How uh, how does 2012 Frank Molinaro handle, boom, your season and career as a college athlete's done right before the NCAA tournament? I mean, that's got to be devastating. I remember after my junior year, you know, I got my butt whipped by Kyle Dake and literally woke up the next morning. And the only thing I was thinking about was winning the national title, what I was going to do, what things I'd do differently. And I obsessed about it for a year straight. And if I would have gotten all the way to that moment, you know, and they would have told me that I didn't have that opportunity, I would have been devastated. It would have been almost like a death to me because, you know, my freshman year, I was eighth. My sophomore year, I was fifth. Second, you know, I was just, I felt like I was ready to win. And it just felt like it was all building towards that. And, you know, something like coronavirus, for you know, especially for Colin, because he's been in position to win. And I think this was the first year he just, you know, really looked solid. He had that focus. He was doing everything he had to do to put himself in a position to win the nationals. And it's heartbreaking for the kid. Yeah. You know, how much, how much, uh, have you paid attention to the NCAA's decision to not give him the year back? What, what do you think the NCAA's role should be in that? And, and what decision do you think would be, would be fair or makes the most sense in this scenario? Well, I don't know what you guys think, but you know, I just, Felt like it was unfair to grant other people their season back, but not just do a full blanket and give it everyone their year back. I don't know the logistics that go behind it, and I know that the spring sports might not have had you know the same length season, but we all know the postseason. You know that's where it counts, that's where it matters, and you know they didn't have that opportunity to wrestle in the NCAA championships, and either did those other teams. You know their postseason was taken away from them, so. I just thought it was, you know, a little bit unusual that they granted some sports the year back, but, you know, not the fall sports. Yeah, I I obviously feel similarly, and we talked about it a little bit on previous shows that we thought, um, at least I specifically thought, they should definitely get the year back. Um, well, well, Frank, I guess the most important thing we can talk about right now is, are you watching Tiger King? <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> What, show is now you're good. in Oklahoma. You're in Oklahoma. Did you have any glimpse that there was there was a gym like the Winniewood Zoo, uh, just not that far? Now it's shut down, of course, unfortunately. But uh, did you have any inkling that this was going on? No, I never knew about Mister Exotic. But it's a good thing I didn't know. I might have tried to get that haircut and style. <laughs> it's on point. It's on that would point. have been great. Uh, have you finished the series yet? No, we just started watching the first episode last night. Oh man, we'll get so, buckle up. I'm if pumped. You, if you thought your got, wrestling career I got was a, a wild busy ride. schedule today, I'll see if I can fit it in. <laughs> right. Well, how, how how are? Do you have any um, quarantine tips? You know, Ben Ben and I and Kyle, we all have kids at home. So, um, do you have any tips? How how are you uh, taking out coronavirus quarantine? Uh, me and my wife just been working out every morning, just wake up, bike for 30 minutes and do a circuit and just kind of get ready to fight this battle all day. My kids are just pulling on our neck every day, all day. My son broke our TV the other day, so <laughs> just been trying to burn some energy off of them during the day. And luckily, we got a wrestling mat in my garage so they can wrestle around in there. But man, just trying to stick to my routine, stick to my workout schedule. We have a five-year-old, three-year-old, and a two-year-old. 
Oh my god, that's even worse. I got seven, four, and two here, and they're freaking wild. I can't. Im- Five, three, and two. Jeez. Yeah, all wow. boys too. So. Oh. It's a battle up in here. Oh my yeah. gosh. Wow. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Well, I'm sure they'll remember this time. Uh, ben, do you have anything for for Frank? No, it's, it's been an honor and joy watching his career. I remember, well, obviously I was cheering against him while he was at Penn State because we were, you know, wrestling Missouri. Um, and <laughs> yep. then, as you know, I think he was the leader for the, you know, at the beginning of the Penn State Charge, one of their first national champions under Kale. And then obviously, you know, we've talked uh, on the show a bunch of times about, you know, Frank, obviously you're an underdog in 2016, but people forget how close everyone is at the highest levels. I mean – you were the nine seed in 2016 trials and you came out, you took everyone out. And then, you know, you were seconds away from an Olympic medal a couple months later. So at the highest level, everybody's just so competitive and so close. So it's been fun following you and watching you and uh, good luck on your next, uh, next step. Thanks man. And uh, just a few people. I just want to thank my youth coaches, Hugo Pinto, uh, my club coach, Vinny Santanello, cool coaches, Dan Roy, um, my college coaches, Penn State, Durland, Kale, Cody, all those guys. Um, one of the cool things, you know, I got to wrestle on the national team with three separate coaches. I had Zeke Jones as a coach, Bruce Burnett as a coach, and Bill Zadek as a coach. So, you know, huge shout out to those guys. I've learned a ton from them. Uh, currently, I've been at OU, you know, Coach Roselli, he's a workhorse, he's been fantastic kind of pulling me through the end of my career and really stretching my talent and ability. So thanks to him. Thanks, Coach Leitner. Um, you know, thanks, Nike Wrestling. Big thanks to Titan Mercury Wrestling Club. I mean, those guys do a fantastic job and make it possible to compete this long post-college. Um, and, you know, thanks, Flow Wrestling. Thank you to my parents. My my wife has been tremendous. You know, huge part a huge part of my success has been my wife in 2016. She was a huge part of, you know, building my mindset and building everything. Uh, in terms of my health and fitness, I've had a lot of help along the way with that. Um, Dr. Pat Brown, you know, he's been a tremendous role model for me and really just full spectrum of health. Uh, most recently, Dr. Hines, he's kind of kept me going and kept me, kept me in one piece and helped me finish strong. And, you know, when I was in college, my cousin, another guy that was tremendous help to me. And, you know, most, most importantly, just, you know, thank God, thank God for the opportunity and for bringing me this far in my career. And, you know, and thanks flow wrestling. I appreciate what you guys do. Well, we appreciate you coming on final question. Okay. I'm thinking of, of, I'm running through the Rolodex of, of Frank Molinaro move memories. And I think about the head pinch of Humphrey. I think about the the double of Kennedy. Some of your more iconic moves. Which which move? If if we're making the Frank Molinero highlight, <laughs> which one do you want like to be the the climax, the big moment, the one with the explosions in the background? Which one do you think? Be like, I hit that one really nice. <laughs> Man, it was not a clean technique, but probably that double leg, the Jimmy Kennedy match, because. I mean, anybody knows Jimmy Kennedy. That guy is one of the strongest dudes I've wrestled. Between Jimmy Kennedy, uh, Tobert Valdez from Cuba, and Lance Palmer, three strongest guys I've ever wrestled. So I'd probably say that double leg. 
Yeah. Okay. That's a good one. That, match. that one, that like, fun. I think I called that match. And it really, I was actually scared for all involved. <laughs> 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 uh, well, Frank, I appreciate you coming on and, and sharing the announcement. Congratulations on a fantastic career. And I'm sure that your, uh, your next chapter as a coach or whatever you end up doing is going to have just as much success. So thanks a lot. Have a good one. Enjoy those babies and Tiger King and retirement. <laughs> Thanks, fellas. I appreciate it. Thank you, Frank. Thanks, Frank. Thank you. See you guys. See ya. See ya. All right. Frank Molinaro announcing his retirement. This is one thing that, uh, you know, Bray wrote an article about this. Like, all right, what is this? What What are the next moves? What are the things that are going to happen out of this? And who would who would hang it up, right? Who A year, a yeah. guy cutting that much weight. And Frank, I don't know why Frank's name wasn't kind of one of the first that came to mind, just considering – you know, he is holding off on his coaching career. He is so big, right? And he, it's, yeah. it's, it was going to be really tough for him to make the mm-hmm. make the team this year just because we, you saw at Senior Nationals, it was, it was a kind of a different guy um, from where he was in 2016. So you kind of wondered, and, and I don't know if Frank will be the, the – he seems like the first. I doubt he'll be the last between now and 2021 of, of guys that will hang it up as we now uh, do have new Olympic dates one year later. Well, Christian, uh, of normal, uh, let's see, I don't want to say normal, of guys who are heavily, you consider, strong contenders to make the team, who's really, I mean, Burroughs is the oldest. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess J.O. is pretty old, but he kind of came into his own this year, so I can't really imagine him wanting to retire. Who else is older? Because I feel like we have a really young team. Could, uh, this is speculation, Joe Colon's bigger, somewhat older. Yeah. Um, maybe him. Maybe some more guys on the fringe. But as far as top contenders, they're, I, I don't see – I mean, Quiz certainly not. Uh, yeah. Kyle Snyder certainly not, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, there aren't there aren't Dake. many top contenders I could see. Jaden, of course not. Yeah. Dake, no way. So, I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Frank, the, the first of probably at least a handful of guys that will – That'll decide. Hey, I gotta, I gotta move on and and start my life. And yeah, the idea of you know he's had to move from he was at Rutgers, then he was at Penn State, then he went to Virginia Tech, then oh. Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. So he they he's been moving around a lot, and I, I can certainly imagine wanting to be like, all right, where's going to be my my next move? Because you're always kind of looking to the next year what he was going to do, and yeah. um, so so it makes sense for Frank and appreciate him sharing with. With our audience and with Flo, uh, an announcement of that nature. So congrats to him. Uh, so we mentioned the uh, Olympics got postponed a year. A lot of questions. When are trials going to be? Don't know. I would assume they're just going to take the exact same schedule and apply yeah. it to this one. So I would assume early April, probably, hopefully, Bryce Jordan Center. If it's available, it would be good for Penn State to have that opportunity because uh, I, th- I think it's yeah. important. One question I have is Frank Molinaro is qualified for the Olympic trials, so he's not going to go. So does that spot – what happens with that spot? Is there just going to be one less person at 65? Well, Are they going to keep all the qualifiers that have already qualified? That's kind of like the next decision I yeah. think USA Wrestling has I, to make. I feel like they have to do something about that. Um, I, I know the Olympics already said that anyone who's qualified will, will currently stay qualified. Dude, so much can happen in a year. I mean, oh my gosh, people can just change levels completely. 
And so I don't know, maybe they, cause there was a last chance qualifier that they were still going to do. So maybe there's that and maybe they put a third spot on there or something, but I just feel like, Oh my gosh, a year can make the biggest difference. Maybe you don't want to steal anyone who's already qualified, but you got to still have opportunity for new younger guys to get in there and qualify for the Olympic trials. One thing they could do is let's say, all right, you go qualifier by qualifier. Okay. Are you in, are you in for 57, 2021? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So those are all, they uh, Frank Molinaro. Are you in? He's like, no, I'm retired. Okay. That goes back in the pool. And then last chance just gets added on an extra placer for that particular weight, but not every weight. Right. That could yeah, that's be one, not bad. That could be one way to do it. Someone just asked on Facebook if Bryce Meredith would just get the spot. Because remember, he had that crazy match with Meredith to earn the spot in the Olympic trials. That's a great point. I would say probably not. But, man, Bryce Bryce Meredith was super impressive at at Senior Nationals. Um, So, uh, you know know who could retire or not retire, but, like, Bo Nickel was planning on going to MMA. I think it would be – it would not be beneficial to him to sit around and wait another year. You might as well get going. Downey, same thing. Bryce Meredith, same thing. So maybe some of these guys who were, um, you know, going to go to MMA, maybe they just go right away as opposed to waiting an entire uh, year. That's a great point. I don't know why I didn't think about Bo because he's always said 2020 and then he's got to fight. And now yeah. he at least has a decision to make. Maybe we can catch up with him at some point and see what, what his plans are. Uh so who else is there to fight? Pat Downey, I know, has mentioned Bryce Meredith. I mean, you know, I think Bo's the only one who's like, well, Kassar obviously is not doing senior level. He's just going to go fight. Yeah. Who else? Anybody else? Uh, I know J.O. has like flirted around with it, but I think I, I agree with you. I think he's going to continue to um, yeah. train and, and do that. Yeah. Try to make the team, especially as well as he's wrestling right now. Mm-hmm. So the other news came out, no extra years for the winter athletes. Totally sucks. Highly disappointed. Disappointing. Feel for the athletes. Not cool. Um, I feel like there's a 10 different ways they could have done something and tried to be uh, give the guys something for their time, but they, they yeah. just said, no, you're done. So sad for some of the seniors. I'm sad for, you know, think about guys that had red shirts and didn't use them. Uh, Spencer had two, didn't use them. DeSanto, yeah. a lot of these guys had red shirts. Mark Hall never red shirted. Mark Hall, I think could Mark Hall probably could have Olympic red shirted too, right? He could yeah, have Olympic absolutely. and he never used his regular. And you know he's just done. Christian, so. I think there, there's such an obvious fix to this to me, and I just don't know why. I don't know why no one's talked about it, no one's entertained it, but. Holding the tournament as is. There's there's only one tournament left this season. Listen, the coronavirus is going to be over at some point. I can't tell you when that's going to be. But listen, just tell all the athletes, hey, if you want to wrestle in the NCAA tournament, we're still going to hold it. Whenever this is over, we'll give you, I don't know, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks notice of when we're thinking it's going to happen. And then we do it. There's no spring sports, so it's not like there's any conflict with spring stuff. So just, you know, when this starts wrapping up, just say, listen, we're going to hold the tournament. We got the brackets already. Everyone's already in there. We don't need to do anything else and then run the tournament. I don't know why. But that just seems like so far. Seems so obvious. Yeah, it seems obvious, but it also seems like the furthest thing from reality, too. Like the idea that they – Why? Just the – I don't know the planning, the logistical aspect of it, getting 60, 70 teams like all – bought in on hey we're gonna do this i mean i 
you know, some of these well, coaches, yeah. some of these coaches didn't want their guys to get another year. Maybe they're like, yeah, I'm ready for the off season. Forget the season. I don't know. Okay, you don't have to show up if you don't want to. We're, we're not going to mandate everyone shows up. But you know, say it's end of May. Say it's June. There, Christian, the NCA has no spring sports. None. They're not yeah. doing anything. I mean, why can't we just take this tournament that we already have and say, whenever this happens, we're going to run it, you know? I mean, and obviously the economy is going to be slower at that point. There's going to be venues available. Um, you know, as long as you pick a place in the Midwest or East Coast, you're going to have a majority of the teams being able to drive to it. So the travel won't be that huge of an issue. I just don't see – I think for me and the NCAA, that's such an obvious fix – Um, and everyone would be up for it. And if they're not, then you you fill some of those spots. I mean, tell me some of those underclassmen who were number 34, 35, or 36 to get in wouldn't fill the spot if you need to fill a couple spots. They would. Yeah. Hey, let's start the movement. Let's make it happen. I think one of the things that makes it difficult is, yeah, you say it is going to end at some point, but all right, let's say we want to have it in June. We have no idea what the world is going to be like in June. It's like you you have to have a date set somewhat out in advance why do you have to have, why do you have to have the date set in advance well i mean let me because listen there's no other sports going on so it's not like we have to work around anything else there's not a freestyle season we don't have to work around that it's just like this is the biggest thing there's no spring sports we'll say hey espn be ready we're gonna do this and then we go do it i mean you know i i think because of what's going on, it will actually make running it very easy. It's not like hotels are booked everywhere. That's not going to happen. It's not like venues are booked everywhere. That's not going to happen. It's not like travel. It's not like the airlines are full. That's that They're not full. You can book flights wherever you want. So I, I really don't see anything holding it back if they want to execute on it. Yeah, if they wanted to execute on it. Um, you know, I, I just don't have confidence in the NCAA. But you're right. Sure. There's, there's nothing – um, there's nothing else that is really standing in their way. And you're right. You're right. They could do it. If they wanted to do it, they could do it. But they could have also given the kids a year. Um, yeah. And they didn't do that. Or at least, like, if you had a, a red shirt available, like, be able to, yes. like, retroactively use it. You know what? I don't know. No. Completely. That, yeah. That's that's a simple one. A very um, good idea. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, and if you're, if you're Yanni and Dayton, man, you are just – you gotta be doing backflips right now that you decided to take yeah. the Olympic retro, Nick Suriano, because there's a lot of guys that could. I mean, Matt Kolodzik pulled his redshirt in February oh to help his God. team, and that was so crazy. And they were looking good. They were gonna possibly get a freaking they could have trophy. trophy for sure. They could have trophy, yes. And just like that, it is just sad. And, and the, man, it's gonna be. We're gonna be talking about this for, for until these freshmen graduate. You know, Sammy Sasso. Yeah. yeah, he's a he's a two-time All-American coming into his senior year because you know he wasn't able to wrestle his freshman year at NCAA's. We're it's going to be a thing. It's it's not just changing the legacies of the seniors right now. It just has a four-year block of yeah. what you could have been is just all hypothetical. And uh, there, you know, there's talks that they they may they're they're trying to give out like a. All Americans to like the one through twelve, like a first team, second team, third team. Um, uh, C- Coach Ryan put out an Instagram post with with this, and I think that would be something. You know, it's it's not certainly not asking a lot of the NCAA, although um, I don't know if they'd be interested in doing it. But at least 
having something to show for for this season. But I I think I think this is leading down a path of of uh, of, of lawsuits for some of these athletes. Yeah. Um, I think but, there's a there's a, a lost wages component here that yeah. could certainly be applied. I, so I, I guess I I saw you I saw that in the doc. I also brought it up for the show. But the more I think about it, Christian, unless you got a whole bunch of athletes to put some type of class action together, you're never going to beat the NCAA no. because the NCAA has so much money and they could just string it out. And you know, an individual would have to have an insane amount of money to battle the NCAA in a lawsuit. Um, and once, obviously, once the NCAA, if they said, "Oh, okay, we'll just let this one go," then once their pre- there's precedent set that they'll do it one time, they have to do it every single time. You know what I'm saying? So there's no yes. way they're going to let one person beat them in court. It would have to be some type of class action between all of all of the, not just all the wrestlers, but all the winter athletes. Mm-hmm. No, I could see that. Um, yeah, it would have to be something where they're all united together. So all unfortunate. Uh, you know, we got it. Freaking months to talk about that. Some good news, some news news, actual wrestling news. Chris Pendleton named head coach at Oregon State University. Kind of the first name we mentioned on this show as soon as that job opened up. And uh, I think a great hire. I think it came down to, man, there were a lot of really good candidates, honestly. I think it, I think it came down to him and Coach Esposito, Oklahoma State. And, man, I don't, I don't think he could have gone wrong there at that point. Um, I think either of those guys have... Both proven so much, not just as wrestlers, but as what they were able to do as, as coaches at, at other programs. Um, I think ultimately you you would have to think Chris's ties to the West Coast mm-hmm. have to help and play a, play a role in that. And the natural question is, okay, well, what's his what's his staff look like at at Oregon State? Who comes with him or does anyone go with him or who's he trying? I think he's going to open it up and see. I'm sure he would love to have Zahid Valencia uh, with him. Does Jamil Kelly go with him? I don't know, but those were names I, I thought of. I don't know if they would want to leave Arizona State at this point, but I think that would be uh, natural natural selections for, for Chris to make. Ben, you were yeah. smirking. What's so dang funny? Oh, I, was, I wasn't even laughing about Chris Pelton. Someone put the NCAA as like Carol Baskin, and there's just something about that name that's really funny. So I'm sure we'll get that later. You know what uh, I was going to say about Oklahoma State guys is when they're coaching, it seems that they always like to have other Oklahoma State guys in there with them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, Coleman got Neil Arisman in there right away as someone else to help him. Uh, Mark Branch had Pelton in there right away to help him. So I wouldn't be surprised. Ethan with... Kyle, didn't he? Did he... No, he yep. didn't go Yeah, no, he's right. You're right. He was at Wyoming. Um, and so I wouldn't be surprised to see Pelton pick someone, some type of Oklahoma State guy there. Yeah, that's a – that's one of the things about the Oklahoma State tree is like they are, they're they're tight. All those guys are yeah. they they hang out together. That that whole Col- the Coleman, Chris Esposito. There's other names. Jamil Crew. They're they're close. Yeah. Teague Moore. Yeah. Um, yeah. Teague Moore. Nine D1 programs now coached by former Oklahoma State wrestlers, and all of them I'm pretty sure come from John Smith. Can you name all nine? Uh, Pet Pop Coleman. Uh, Chris Pendleton, Mark Branch, Teague Moore, Neil Arisman. Oh man, uh, Glenn, Glenn Lanham. Oh, I wouldn't. I would not have got that one. Glenn Lanham. Um, Kevin Ward. Who else? Yep, Kevin Ward. Dang, dang, I knew that one. I missed it. Who's the last one I'm missing? I don't know. 
Someone's going to be mad at us. Someone's going to be mad. Well, does John Smith count because he wrestled Oklahoma State? Oh, yeah, let's count John Smith, and then we got all nine. <laughs> I, I mean, that's got to count. He wrestled there, right? He definitely did. We can fact check it, but I'm pretty sure John Smith wrestled at Oklahoma State. <laughs> um, okay, so there. We'll say we got all nine, whether we did or we didn't. Okay, so that's great. Um, and so Campbell, we already talked about that. Scotty Sintes. Did we talk about that? No, I think that was after we Thursday's show. We can yeah, talk about that. After. So he stayed. Kerry uh, took Mike Evans, and Scotty Sintes stayed at, at Campbell. So he's the new head coach there. So congrats to him. They're going to have some continuity. And it sounds like that is what the team really wanted. Uh, they wanted Scotty to stay and advocated and, and kind of pleaded with him and I think I think Scotty was going to go to Navy. That's just me. Oh, of, really? Yeah, I think so. Wow. And then I think the team was like, "No, we we want you." And um, and he's like, "All right, let's do this." So yeah, I think you're right because um, Blaze Cavill was actually on the Campbell staff last year as well, mm-hmm. and they just announced him to Navy yesterday too. And then to your point, as soon as the announcement was um, final with Sintes, the whole team was tweeting like. Show goes on. Yeah, that's cool. So congrats yeah. to him. That'll be good. As Coach Colat builds out his staff, uh, Coach Sintes and Pendleton um, will try to keep you up to speed on how those searches are going. And uh, I, I don't know much about other coaching changes or assistant changes on the move or anything like that. I think everything's, like, slowed down dramatically as a result yeah. of stupid coronavirus just screwing everything up. Except – stupid. It has given us some time to binge. The I don't remember. Listen, when Making a Murderer came out, that was that was the closest I remember a, a like a total sensation taking over the nation, where everyone was yeah. watching, binging the exact same thing. But coronavirus plus the the uh, electricity that Joe Exotic brings to the screen has united this nation uh, in a way I didn't think possible. Ben, we had homework of finishing this, and, and I, I believe that we both did. You even changed your Twitter name to Ben Exotic. I changed it again. I, I saw. What did you change it to? King of the Tigers. <laughs> you must have hey, a – Christian. What? Did you know a tiger only costs $2,000? Listen. All right, so Bracky and I were talking. Mr. I got all this land – Mr. I got nothing to do. I'm just going outside chopping wood. A tiger was made to live on your property. How do you not yeah. get how do you not how do you not cash out a couple bitcoin and actually you don't even need but like a half a yeah. bitcoin and you no, got a tiger. Yeah, less than half. Yeah. I, I listen, I, who knew a tiger would cost that that little? Nobody knew that. Nobody. There are, there are like many breeds of dog puppies that cost more than two thousand dollars yes i can't believe it how how is that possible piles this doesn't seem right well when you're buying from meth addicts i think you get a discount (laughs) i think i'm i'm guessing i'm guessing a doc antle uh tiger cub you're probably paying more of a premium but when you're coming when it's coming from joe exotics uh winningwood land of adventure i think i think it's a different scenario but yeah two grand for a tiger cub that's that's one of the best deals going right now that's crazy. You know the one thing that I, I am getting a little bit annoyed about, and I'm not an expert, but this is kind of where I, where my head goes, when they're saying there's more tiger cubs in captivity than there are um, in, the world. in the wild. Well, it's like, okay, 
Christian, if there was uh, a tiger living a buffalo gap in the wild, would they let that tiger live or would someone go shoot that tiger and say, that tiger's dangerous? They would shoot that tiger and say he's dangerous. Yeah, because listen, tigers are really dangerous. They can't live <laughs> in the wild because they eat people. Hello, <laughs> they fly. Good God. I mean, are you people dumb? <laughs> well, I, I guess the idea is like, you know, there's not Buffalo Gap. I mean, they shouldn't be running around America, but there's there's places in the world where, you know, a tiger could live and not, you know, directly not real. I mean, small parts, but there's, I mean, parts of India, Southeast Asia, Africa, where obviously tigers had their habitats more naturally. Those places are being rapidly developed. I mean, there's 1.3 billion people in India. I remember reading a story about uh, a tiger getting killed because it was terrorizing. Every once, every once in a while, it would run into this village in India, snatch a person up, and take them out and eat them. Like, <laughs> I come said, on, have man. You, have you watched The Ghost in the Darkness? It's a really good movie. No. Is oh, that... you should watch it. It's about, um, oh, it's about lions. Basically, Michael Douglas is in it. They're building a, a railroad in Africa. And, yeah, it's about lions that basically do that. Every so often, a lion would come and just eat a person. Should, uh, <laughs> That's what they do. They eat, yeah. eat things. They do. They eat things. Uh, yeah, they're, they're dangerous. I, I certainly don't want one. And you're, some of these people are idiots for having them, but I think, I think your scenario, it would work. You know, I would, uh, keep, the, I would keep the kids away. Um, but other than that, I think I, you should I have get my kids. I'd have my kids riding that tiger around. <laughs> oh my gosh! What? Well, all right. So, what? What are some parts? I I actually, in preparation for the show, I started rewatching the series because oh my gosh, there's so much I missed, right? Um, but <laughs> just give me your, give me your thoughts. I mean, there's uh, so many directions. We got Carol Baskin. We've got Where's Don. We've got uh, D- Doc Antle. What What are your th- overall thoughts on Jeff this? Lowe? Jeff Lowe. Oh my, Jeff Lowe is he's a nightmare. Uh, what I was just thinking about when we were talking about whole, whole, uh, that the tigers were too dangerous to be in the wild. There's the one like meth addict. I don't even remember his name right now, but uh, he's got no teeth. And he goes, well, they're eight endangered species. So if we're breeding them and they're making more of them, that's like what you want, isn't it? Duh. That was Tim Stark. <laughs> Tim Stark knows. He knows how to, he knows how to uh, eliminate endangered species. Okay, so one thing, as I'm rewatching this, I realized one thing that I didn't realize the first time is that Joe Exotic was giving, was going to schools and giving anti-drug messages. Yeah. That was happening. Joe Exotic was giving anti-drug messages to schools. Okay. I forgot. I forgot about that. And they wouldn't pay attention, so he started doing magic. Yeah, they wouldn't, he couldn't hold their attention, so he started doing magic. He's like, I gotta really up the ante, let me get a freaking deadly tiger. Maybe I'll get these used to stop doing drugs. While I'm doing drugs the entire While time. I only do drugs. Um, Shaq wow. went to the Shaq went to the zoo and called him Exotic Joe on TNT. <laughs> that was hilarious. And bought more tigers from him. And bought tigers, obviously. He's like, I got two more uh, tigers yesterday. Um, I gotta tell you about this Doc wait, Antle. Wait, wait, wait. Go wait, ahead. Wait, Shaq owns tigers. Yes. How many? Let me try to get an answer for you. One oh, for each uh, NBA MVP, maybe. And they're Doc. I'm sorry. And they're Joe Exotics Tigers. He said in the doc, "I bought two more tigers." Oh my goodness! Who lo- who had it? Who had any? Hey, I got a I got a wildlife update for my house, actually, Christian. Oh, my, let's go. Well, one of the chickens didn't go back in in the cage last night, and my wife was worried he got eaten, which was you know fairly likely had to happen. 
Yeah. It survived. It survived the night in the wild. Who wow. knows how? Yeah, normally like a possum or something will get them. Y'all have possums up there, right? Yeah, uh-huh. Possums yeah. are good because they, they eat ticks, just FYI. I heard. I, I, I learned that. I didn't know that. My brother somehow knew that, which uh, yeah. my brother having trivia is kind of a wild card. I got to tell you about this Doc Antle guy because I have a crazy okay. kind of story. So Tell me. They mentioned in episode one he spent time in Buckingham County, Virginia in a city <laughs> in a city called Yogaville. Okay, so I was like, Yogaville, my brother Weston has a really good friend from Yogaville, and they have all these crazy names that all these I don't want to give their names on it. I don't know, maybe that's weird, but I was like, Weston, reach out to this guy and see if he knows about him. And the guy hit him back, he's like, Yes, not only do I know him, I've ridden on Bubbles the elephant. So my brother's <laughs> friend rode the elephant in Yogaville, Virginia. <laughs> Oh, Which is where goodness. he kind of learned how to be like a cult guy. And they just kind of lob it out there in, in the season. It's like, yeah, he ran a cult labor camp thing where the women couldn't leave. And it was kind of – they just, they just move on from that because they're like, well, uh, in the hierarchy of crazy stories, it's actually kind of low. Very low. Hey, how about uh, – my buddy brought this up. Uh, when it, when – the lady gets her arm ripped off. Yes, Joe. Joe no, he runs and puts it in EMT jacket on. I have that in my notes. He's not an EMT. Not at all. What? <laughs> he's like, that is like that is. All right, so there was like a couple of funniest scenes. That scene oh is God. absolutely hilarious to me because it's like her arm got bit off. Where's my EMT bomber jacket? He throws that on. So I have that in there. Then when he goes in the gift shop. And he's like, I don't want y'all to find out from the media. Uh, and he says it in the most, like, the way he says she, she asked, uh, one of our employees stuck her arm in a cage and a uh, tiger ripped her arm off. <laughs> like, the way he said like you could have just said there was an accident. There was an accident. Someone like, was harmed by it. He had to be so dramatic. And then the people are just staring at him like, what? what? <laughs> they don't even look like any, they look like they just found out, like, the, the men's room was closed for repairs or something. I love that he's like, I can give you your money back, or I can give you rain check to come back another day. Like they're gonna want to come back after someone just got their arm ripped off by a freaking tiger. Hey, I, I theorize this: if if one of those people in the gift shop had said, "Joe, I'll give you five hundred bucks if you take me to the arm," would he have would he have walked that person there? If he a hundred percent, he would have. He would have taken it right there to see it. All right, so how that about, was one. Uh, Go ahead. How about when he when he sings a country western song at the one guy's funeral? That, that was my next one. So the the arm ripped off, the funeral, and the wedding are just like for me the three most hilarious parts. Um, I mean, the guy's dead. His husband is dead, and he's making those inappropriate, telling the most inappropriate stories about this guy. Then he actually has Gold, to sing golden balls, nuggets, <laughs> nuggets. Oh, golden nuggets. Damn it. And then he sings, and we find out what a terrible singer Joe Exotic really is. Now here, here's my next thing. And oh my, will God. you? I need two things to happen. Ben, get your surgery, come out okay. of retirement, and okay. you need to have your walkout song be "Here, Kitty, Kitty." Will you do that, dude? That's got like three million views. On of course it does. So I it's, mean, I'm sure you could tell that was not him singing. Wait, he paid someone to sing? Yes. Oh my gosh, man, of course yes. not. I mean, my, my, my wife like this. You think he's going to sound like freaking Alan Jackson? 
My wife and I are both like, this sure doesn't sound like him, but uh, whatever. <laughs> of course it's no, not No, he paid someone else to do the singing for him. Stop. <laughs> I yes! swear. Did you hear him sing at the funeral? He's terrible. <laughs> He's one of the worst singers who ever lived. Yes, of course it's not him. Ben. Oh, Ben. Uh, you're so, you're uh, so, um, what's the word? You're, you're always well, thinking. Hey. You're, you're, you're a skeptic. How did you not think this, this meth head is not singing? I just didn't think much about it. I did call it the dude wasn't gay, though. I called that last week. Yeah. His first husband. That was Because I watched one show before Thursday. I said, that dude, that surprised me. That dude don't seem gay. And How sure about enough, these guys he, just would be gay just to, I don't know, be with Joe and get, and I get, guess, get mad. drugs. Yeah, get mad. The one dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Uh I don't even know where to go from here. Also, update on uh, Shaq. Uh, <laughs> since the doc came out, he claimed he didn't buy tigers off of him, even though he literally says in the doc, I bought tigers from him. <laughs> and he says he doesn't own any tigers right now. Because he went to LSU, so he felt like he has to support. Also, uh, producer Tyler sent me a story that apparently the alligators that burned up in that fire um, used to belong to Michael Jackson. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. They I burned up that. Michael's freaking gator which first of all joe exotic burn up that stuff right 100 percent. oh yeah he did it thousand percent he did it the odds of him being at a funeral okay sure joe he yeah he's one of those guys where he's smart enough to think he's smarter than everyone but not smart enough that where he's actually tricking anyone (laughs) he's like that sweet spot of incompetence that can only end up with you going behind bars so that was unfortunate all right but how come? Oh, wait, wait, Christian. How come my man didn't back up the footage? Because listen, that that's dude what knew. I said. He knew. He somehow knew that he had something special on his hands, right? This is, but I mean, we're talking fifty to hundred million people are going to watch the Tiger King. It's yes. going to be some absurd number. That guy had the footage initially. He had the Tiger King stuff, and he didn't back it up. Like, what would you guys do with someone flow if they go and film Dank Taylor and they don't back it up? Well, things like that have happened here, and it is, like, the most devastating thing ever. Like, the footage gets lost, but, like, if you – the motto is, like, you either have uh, either have two copies or you have zero copies. Like, one is, like, mm. never enough. You have to back up everything. Yeah, so it is, like – I mean, and for – he was, like, you know, we've – flow has been, like, learning as we go in a lot of ways. Um but that guy was like a professional producer. Like, how does that guy not know? And plus, how do you not think this guy is a wild card, criminal, <laughs> unpredictable? Not that it would get burnt up, but just the fact that it would get stolen or destroyed or any number of things could happen. This guy's house could get – his zoo could get raided, and then they just take all your stuff as evidence. So I, I do have to say you really played yourself not having backups there. Yeah. You, I mean, that, 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 that's for sure. Jeez, is there will we ever come across in our lifetime an employee as loyal as Saf who got his arm bit off by a tiger? Is it her? Wait, it's a, I thought it was a her. Yes, I, she identifies as identifies a man. as a man. Oh, um, really? How did you did you do your research? Did you say I that? said I the same that. thing, Ben, and then so they don't talk about it in doc, but um, this guy named Robert Moore did a like really long podcast with the the crew before this doc and he uh did a whole big like tweet thread one day just about a bunch of stuff that wasn't in the doc and that was one of them yeah you guys did outside research 
Yeah, oh. that was the most normal person on the whole show, Christian. She was. Her and you know who else I thought I found strikingly normal? Mario, the drug dealer who severed uh, a who dismembered a federal agent. <laughs> the guy the guy who freaking Scarface was based on yeah. is it is like the tenth most interesting character in this documentary. Yeah. That guy is like so forgettable and he's the one that dismembered a federal agent and like sewed drugs into snakes. But Saf gets the arm removed and in like five days she's like, no, they're not they're gonna try to make this a thing. So I'm gonna be back and Sure enough, their staff was working, one-armed. How about two-year two, two year recovery to get your left hand back? Are you saying amputate? Uh, it's a tough call. <laughs> it's a tough one. I, she, I, seemed pretty ha- she seemed pretty happy with the decision she made. She, she said, Or she, he, whatever. Yeah, no regrets from Saf. So, I mean... Could we ever find someone so loyal? So she, definitely the most uh, normal person on there. The one I was like, you know what? I would if you had to leave your children with someone on the show, I'd, I'd roll my, I'd roll the dice with one of the amputees, either the guy with no legs or Saf. They seem to have it the most together as far as people go. What? Not not Alan the Hitman. <laughs> definitely not Alan the Hitman who did an interview Dude. from his tub. <laughs> yeah. Jeff Lowe and Allen set him up. That was so obvious. Give me a break here. He admitted he set him up, too. Jeff Lowe was like, Let me yeah. get those quotes. Yeah, Bracky's got the quotes. Jeff Lowe. It was so obvious. What? The freaking police are sleeping. Yeah. They have to lo- – all right, who who did you find? They just don't care. They wanted Joe Exotic at all costs. Yeah, they wanted Joe Exotic. That's all it was. And you know what? But Joe Exotic, when you threaten to kill someone on live internet for about ten years, <laughs> and you shoot dummies of them, and you mail her snakes, when when the when the when the question is raised, did you, would you hire someone to murder her? You can't act like it's so preposterous. You've literally talked about shooting her in the head multiple times on camera. Oh you thought this was a good on idea, camera. so Joe, you kind of get what you get. Uh, okay. Uh, here's the quotes from Jeff Lowe. And did I encourage him from time to time? Probably because I wanted that soundbite to give the authorities to convict him and get him out of this business. All right. We haven't – two two things. One, how did they find someone for the Here Kitty Kitty music video that looked that much like Carol Baskin to the point that I that... thought it was Carol Baskin? I was like, yes. why did Carol agree to this? Seriously, <laughs> so, seriously, right? But it wasn't Carol Baskin. I mean, of all the all the mistakes of the of the music videos, they really nailed the casting for that one. And um, okay, where where do you fall on Carol? When when did you have the epiphany? Hold on, Carol thinks she's so moral. She does the same thing. She's like, tigers don't belong in cages. Her whole business is putting tigers in cages and charging people to watch it. To go, come look at him, and she doesn't pay nobody nothing to work at her place. She's worse than Joe. She is worse. She didn't pay those people anything. That is so ridiculous. You know what I realized though, because I looked at the Joe Exotic page, and obviously Carol brought it up multiple times. That if you want some clout on the internet, get an effing tiger, because those videos they get like millions of views. Yeah, you might have to. Her look page into it. is absurd. Yes. Okay. So where do you think Don is, and then we can move on. Oh, he got eaten by some tigers. You don't think he put that? Why does Joe think he's under the cistern? Joe, Joe, seems thought, to think he's, Joe thought all kinds of different things. Christian, come on. 
I don't know where the septic tank thing started. Um, I definitely think he is. He was devoured by some tigers. Yeah, yeah. Don is not with us. I mean, the the moment for me, I mean, for a while, I was like, okay, sure, he's gone. Whatever happened. The fact that they changed the will to say the event of my disappearance, and the lawyer's like, yeah, I've never seen that verbiage ever in a will. I was like, okay, so she definitely did this. Yeah. Well, how about this, Christian? Okay, first I'm thinking, okay, he might just go ahead and disappear because he's living with Carol Baskins. He's going <laughs> to freaking go insane. He might disappear to South or Central America. But listen, if the man's rich, he's going to send himself a few bucks. He's going to send himself a million bucks or something. He might not take it all because it's going to be a dead giveaway. He's going to take something. Yeah, pay, but he was burying gold, right? Was this the guy that was like, yeah, no, all he that? did. That's what his yeah. handyman said. Um, how about would Joe Caprino just ask? And it's a funny question. And I'm gonna add my own spin to it. Uh, would you rather have Emo's pizza or the exotic pizza using the? This oh. is easy. This is easy. Oh, this Emo's. is easy. Emo's. No way. Uh. I'm rolling the dice on the Walmart meat. Christian was not. No. <laughs> We were in our chat. Christian was not very concerned about the Walmart meat. I'm not that concerned. I think Joe made a great point. It's like, man, just because my card bounces, I don't get this brisket? No way. Throw it in the truck. Keep it refrigerated. And you know what? I mean, Eddie Cowie, he found like a frozen bag and went straight to the trailer. So I think it's fine. I'm going to puke. I might puke right now, Christian. Listen, listen, Ben. I saw the videos. Well, first of all, I, there's two ways around this. Okay. Oh, God. One, I, I watched it. That pizza actually looked good. Did you notice they misspelled pizzeria? I did not notice that. P I Z Z A R I A. Pizzeria. Okay. One. Two, oh, the pizza actually looked pretty good. If you look at it, huh. it looked good. Three, Brainiacs, order a cheese pizza and you're good. So that way you're not getting any, you know. They probably used expired cheese, too. All right, expired yeah. cheese. How bad can that go? That can go a lot different than, like, some expired beef or something. So You're I'm, way too trusting of that Walmart, expired Walmart meat. Okay, I'm not getting the Walmart meat. I made that clear. Just the cheese. Period. Okay. Hey, here's my other. Can I ask another question? Besides, yeah. uh, well, we need to talk more about Don Lewis and Carol Baskin. But, okay, if Jeff Lowe allegedly had all this money, why is he moving to effing Winniewood, Oklahoma? And why is he such a degenerate? He very clearly is not a successful businessman. No, absolutely so how, not. So how did he how did he get his money then? He allegedly had at least a few bucks. How did he get it? He's a criminal. Who knows how he you know came into some money? Maybe he had money at some point, but he very clearly had no money because what Tim Stark was having to foot the bill for the whole zoo they were going to build. He was Jeff Lowe's the biggest fraud, and now Tim Stark is. Told him to piss off, too. They're no longer working together. No one likes Jeff Lowe. Jeff Lowe, you're kind of the worst. Can uh, we talk about how he dresses? Yeah. I've, I don't know where to start, but he's absolutely ridiculous looking. <laughs> the ripped jeans, um, the bandana like under the hat, the Affliction t-shirts, Fox Racing Monster energy hats. He thinks – he looks in the mirror. He's like, I am so tight right yeah. now. He's like, there's no one, there's wow. no one that's ever been as cool as me. <laughs> Um, how about his wife or I don't know if they were married. I don't know if they would ever go through the legal process, but she was just letting him be with all these other women. She's just, uh, along for the ride. What a real, real treat she was. Her parents must be proud. <laughs> My gosh. Um, so aren't you a little bit jealous, Christian? <laughs> no. <laughs> I am not. <laughs> don't lie. Jeff Lowe is pathetic. Bust his, bust his ass, Bracky. 
Uh, I also don't believe the zoo in Thackerville is ever getting built. No way. There's no not going to be another zoo. It's over. Um, yeah, there, there's not going to be another zoo. It's unfortunate because, I mean, it's right down the road from us, Ben. I mean, we could just yeah, be there. I, we, we I be fought there. in Thackerville. You did? Yes, Bader was there. I cradled Bader in the backstage. The video's probably on flow somewhere. <laughs> they have a lot of Bellator cards there. Yeah. That's yeah, like right, because they were going to go see one. We were going to go see one. Caldwell, me and, I think. Me and Will. Yeah, FRB was like, yeah, we got we got you hook up with tickets, and uh, he really didn't, right? And that went Yeah, we got there. There were no tickets. It's like, yeah, I got you. Come oh, on. boo. So we just got back in the car and kept driving to Stillwater. Classic. Uh, okay. I... I'm rewatching it. I'm sure there's there's so much I forgot about as I've rewatched just one episode. Howard but, sucks. Oh Car- my Carol's gosh. New husband. Carol's new husband oh, is the world's terrible. weakest person. Can you imagine getting like dressed up and like wearing a leash and basically becoming a little Tarzan boy for Carol? Uh, he's pathetic. Ben, do you remember when you talked about one more shot on here? Yeah, of course. Uh, someone just asked on Facebook, who owned the bear they wrestled in one more shot? John Smith uh, was in it when it was filmed in Oklahoma. Do you think it was one of... Uh, oh, my God. It probably was. One of Joe Exotic's bears? I think it probably was. Did y'all know that oh, ligers, ligers were real? Yeah. I didn't know that yes. ligers were oh, real. Yeah. From Napoleon Dynamite? That's hey, right. So I, I thought it was a joke. Because they were talking... In Napoleon Dynamite, they're like, yeah, the ligers have mystical powers or something like that. I'm like, okay, this is... You can't breed them, but you can. Guys, guys, hold on. I have a a serious proposition for you here at Flow. Okay. Okay. Mariah, in our Facebook chat, said she still has one more shot on VHS. Okay. You guys need to do a live streaming of one more shot on one of these nights on the Flow TV channel. Can we do it or not? Can we get the rights to one more shot is the question. We can hardly find people... It's freaking it. Wayne Boyd. Pay him five hundred bucks and you got the right. <laughs> Mariah, <laughs> in our chat. I don't. She says she has it. You see, you guys see that on the, on the Facebook chat. Yeah, yeah. Mariah here. Yeah, Mariah. Uh, maybe we'll hook. We'll give you the address. Mail it here. Can you get us? Like, yeah. Can you can duplicate you, a copy or something? Can you also get the uh-huh. rights for us too? Can you negotiate the rights? Well, that's for- Wayne Boyd. You guys know Wayne Boyd is a producer. Here yeah, I know who Wayne Boyd is. Okay, I I don't know if he's in a position to to negotiate <laughs> freaking rights deal for the movie One More Shot. Yeah, but that would be the perfect thing to Mystery Science Theater three thousand. That'd be well. I could probably maybe I could personally stream it, and then he could try to sue me, and I could tell him to get lost. <laughs> <laughs> it's got it's got no value. Okay, that'll that'll definitely hold up. In and court. a few people asked about uh, the Palmers when they used to wrestle bears. You yeah. remember that Lance? Mm. Yeah, they are always wrestling they, bears. They own bears, right? I don't know. I don't know if they my, own. my youth pastor I, wrestled a bear once. Uh, he won? Yeah, he was huge. He was a really good wrestler in Indiana. Well, I don't know if he was really good. I think he was pretty good. Do you know, hey, Joe Caprino, you're listening. Do you know, remember Todd Yoder from like probably the 90s? He was, a, he was my youth pastor back way back in the day, and he wrestled a bear one time. Really is, nice is guy. Wayne Boyd on, is Wayne Boyd on Twitter? I hope not. I don't think so. I'm I'm looking them up because I'm gonna ask for rights. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's probably an easier way to get to get in touch with Wayne Boyd. Um, all right. Isn't he in jail or something? I don't think he's locked up, but um, yeah, that could be coming. I 
I also uh, I also put me, my Creole challenges Vader in the uh, in the chat. Okay, good. Now on Facebook, should we get to some other <laughs> wrestling talk? We have all summer to talk about the Tiger King. Well, also, but we're done. No, come on, we can't be done yet. All right, what else? Where else you want to go, Ben? What else you got? Well, so I wanted to confirm that you guys both think that Carol killed Don Lewis. Hundred percent. Yes. She. She. <laughs> no questions. How about her so specifically saying, if you wanted someone to die, you would cover them in sardine oil? Yeah, she like... It's like, what, sardine oil? She slipped a little bit right there. Right, how about... <laughs> yeah, she, remember, who, Jeff Lowe acted so hard after the tiger attacked him. Yeah. He got up, he's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. No, 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 I'm when cool. You, I'm when cool. You, yeah, yeah, no problem. I'm, I'm worried. <laughs> I was waiting for him to say, like, I'm just, I just hope I didn't hurt the tiger or something. Say something stupid <laughs> like that. Jeff Lowe is such a clown. And then, what did happen? Joe... Almost got eaten, kind of, when they wouldn't stop messing with his shoes. He claimed they yeah. put uh, cologne or perfume on his shoes. But who did that? Who put cologne on Joe Exotic shoes? I think shoes? he was uh, saying Jeff Lowe and his people did it, and Alan Glover, because that was when they were beefing. So they were beefing, so they got, got into their, uh, you know Jeff Lowe wears Jakar Noir and is like <laughs> dousing it, or some Hugo Boss uh, cologne and dousing his shoes in it. I could see that. These are some twisted people. Okay, uh, I just sent Wayne. I sent Wayne Boyd a message to see if I could stream one more shot. <laughs> Wayne Boyd, check your TMs. Ben Askren wants to buy one more shot so he can make on fun Facebook, of not 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 Twitter, Facebook. <laughs> on Facebook, okay. Well, I hope he sees it. Um, ben, we're looking to you to secure these rights for us. I think yes. we can all agree that Jeff Lowe should be in prison. Jeff Lowe should well. definitely be in prison. He's oh, been yeah. in prison. He definitely. Yes. He's a criminal. Um, Alan, Alan's a criminal too. Pretty rough. <laughs> he was gonna kill a man for three thousand dollars. Three thousand bucks, and he just got down there and was like, "I'll just just do a bunch of coke, I guess." <laughs> what? <laughs> That's what he did. Uh, what? Like, I know it's insane. Yeah, he was a terrible person. Is this your uh, former youth pastor? Um, Todd, yeah, one seventy one. Yeah, that's him. Todd Yoder, class nineteen ninety. Ninety. Jeez. Fourth place at the Indiana State I guess he is probably year. 13 years older than me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's pretty good. Thank you, hey. Joe. Um, Joe. Hey, but what about uh, Joe getting in trouble for killing tigers? Uh, I think, you know, they probably got old and they died. It's like that's what farmers do with animals. They don't call the vet every single time. Like, you think Joe Exotic is actually going to call a vet? When the tiger is old and sick, he's clearly going to shoot it and bury it. What yes. else would you do? Well, well, that would be humane for sure. I mean, that, there's nothing wrong with that. But there's also the theory that, like, basically he had the cubs for the petting, right? And once they're not yeah, cubs yeah, yeah. anymore, you can't, but once they're six months, you can't do it. So what they're saying is, like, once he, they got out of that range, they were just shooting them and burying them. They had, I mean, how, what are you going to do I, with 250 tigers? Yeah, I thought the ones that I thought the ones that they found buried were like full grown adult ones. I thought they were too. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not going to judge him for that necessarily. But I, I dare say, think the way they were breeding probably got out of control, and they probably yeah. had more than they, they could handle. They they talked about the parts where they didn't have enough food to feed these things. Seriously. How about? Uh, Joe was like, I can feed a tiger for $3,000 a year. And then Doc Antill was like, I feed tigers for $10,000 a year. <laughs> like, it was like, this is like 
the white trash version of owning tigers, and this is like the white collar version of owning tigers. But you also have to be a cult to be in this, uh, be part of the cult to be in this one. Yeah. I hey Ben. Okay, peak. What's up? Peak Doc Antles or peak Joe Exotic? You have to spend two days with your family at one of those places. Where, where are you taking them? Where are you taking the Askren crew? So listen, if I'm going by myself and my college buddies, we're we're definitely absolutely going to <laughs> win it with Oklahoma. After after we wrestle Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, we're gonna stop down and visit winning with Oklahoma. <laughs> if I got my kids, we're going to Doc Antles. Um and I'll leave my wife at home so he can't put the charm on her. <laughs> <laughs> how about this guy? I could not believe how much they charge people. What? Oh, Dakota? What do you mean? Doc Antiel, he's like 500 bucks for their, like, for what? Their, like, hold and pet and, like, take pictures with the tigers. He was charging. Seriously? Yes. Yeah. In the one episode, he's like, we have a premium product. We charge, and people pay it. Yeah, so you may have to wow. you may have to cash out a Bitcoin or two if you want to take the whole family. <laughs> How do they have that many people there for that much money? That's like that's what I'm saying. The and then they were showing these people. This one guy was like, "We did it uh, for the first time last week, and I had to come back. I was obsessed with it." People, people are people. I don't know if you know this, Ben. People lose their minds over tigers. I mean, that's the, what the whole show's <laughs> about. You got people that'll do sexual stuff just to. Be near tiger cubs. <laughs> You've got um, people that are giving up their lives. This guy's working for Tony Montana just so he can be near his um, be near his big tigers. Tracks. It's crazy. Yeah, there's some type of attraction there that that's pretty strange. I've I've never I can't I can honestly say I've never really had that, but um, you know, good for them, I suppose. Okay, we'll, we'll move on. We don't want to, but we we just we know it's the right thing. We'll come back to it at any other point in time. We have these polls going. Uh, Bracky, do you want to give, a, give us an update? Where are we at? Final semis, quarters for 33, 41, and 49. Yeah, so let's start Let's start with the final of 133. Oh, um, baby. It was Jordan Oliver, 2011 version, and the 2015 version of Cody Brewer. Um, and the people on Twitter said 90% favored Jordan Oliver. Yeah, that's because I think he would definitely win. Now – so who yelled at me? Some wrestler yelled at me for thinking, uh, for choosing Brewer over Ness. Who was that? Nah, I don't. I can't remember. They can hit me up, but maybe we messed that one up. But they're, well, they're dumb because that that is a per- <laughs> listen. Jason Ness might win that match, but Cody Brewer that weekend, it's perfectly reasonable to say he would win that match. And anyone yeah. who says otherwise, they don't understand wrestling. Okay. Whoever this was definitely understands wrestling, but now I can't remember who it was. But well, maybe well, I'll remember. They're too, they're too biased or something. They're forgetting yeah. about it because that that weekend Cody Brewer was on fire. Yes, he he definitely was on fire. Um, oh, it was my good friend Daniel Dennis. See, he's wrestled with all these guys. Mm. So Dennis teched Brewer when they wrestled in in folk style. He like just destroyed him. And then obviously he wrestled Ness and and had his yeah. matches. So it was, it was Dennis. He's like, well, he, he's, he's, he's like, I've wrestled all these guys. He's like, there's no way. But I was like, so he's weekend. biased because he didn't wrestle that weekend's Cody Brewer. He wrestled the freshman or sophomore version, which wasn't all that good. And Christian, you wouldn't argue that the freshman or sophomore version of Cody Brewer could beat Jason Ness. That that's absolutely ridiculous. Exactly. But 
that one weekend he was on fire and he and listen he has shown at other points in his career he has shown flashes of brilliance similar to that whether it was later on or uh, in the freestyle version he has shown flashes of that he hasn't put it all together like he did that one weekend but he he has a very 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 high upside yes uh okay I picked Jordan Oliver over that version of um, of Cody Brewer. I concur. I think the takedowns don't come as easy. I think Jordan's defense was really underrated, actually, how tough he was to get to. Uh, I think the volume of attacks would have probably played right into what J.O. would have wanted to do from a counter perspective. And I think the top – I think every position Jordan would – would give Brewer some trouble. So the miracle run for Brewer stops here. He was awesome, but at the end of it, I think J.O. was was fantastic at 33. So yeah. he's a pretty clear winner there. Now we've got our 141 semis, Bracky. Yeah, sorry. I was looking at docking and tail prices. Dag on it. Uh, looks, like the, <laughs> <laughs> looks like the cheapest uh, cheapest thing you can get is uh, $340 a person. Oh, my god! What? Yes. Are you that's, kidding me? That's your wild encounters toward day safari without digital photo package. Wow, I'll just bring my iPhone, Doc. Jeez. I'm going to schedule away. April 6th at 9 a.m. All right, he's, he's buying <laughs> 339 each. Okay. With this, you sure well, you don't want the digital photo package? Nope. All right. You know, tigers can't, tigers can't get the coronavirus. That's true. That's true. All right, so 141-pound semis, 2015 Logan Steber. It's 2013 Kendrick Maple, 91% of the people voted for Logan Steber. Yeah. Okay. Well, this match happened also in at the All-Star, yeah. and Logan Steber won. And, uh, yeah, Logan Steber was better than Kendrick Maple. Therefore, he I think wins. we can all agree there. And we then on the other side, yeah. um, this will set up the match that we all anticipated. 2012 Kellen Russell against 2019 Yanni Mahalis. 88% of people said Yanni. This is a hard match for Yanni. It's a hard Yes, I hard. agree. Totally. This is a, this is a really hard match for Yanni. This is a coin flipper. This is a fifty-one forty-nine for me. I'm telling you, Yanni would have a really hard time. I think I said that. I forget who Yanni had the last one. Did he have Montel Marion? Yeah. This is another one. Yeah. Yanni, you got to run the gauntlet. You've got Heil and then Meredith and then or what was his order? Heil. What was his uh, freshman run? Was it? Ma- oh, Heil, McKenna. McKenna no. Meredith. No. No. It was right. Ironman. Yes. Ironman. Yes, Ironman, yeah. Ironman in the semis. Yeah, so we're at Ironman. That's a tough matchup. This guy beat you. But at the end of it all, I just I guess I have to say Yanni. I Kellen would have a, t- a really hard time scoring on him as well. Um, although Kellen, I think, had the kind of offense. He was quick strike. He would hit a duck. Um, fast leg attacks. So he may have a style that could match up with him. But at the end of it, I see Yanni figuring out a way. I don't know if it's on an exchange or finding his way out of a single to score, but I give the Yanni the nod here with all due respect to Kellen Russell, who was super, super, super good. Yeah, I think Yanni's going to overtime. His second consecutive match, I think he went to overtime with Montel. He's going to go to overtime with Kellen, and it's one of those things that 60% of the time he wins every time. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm taking Yanni. Just finds a way to win. Yanni Logan's the final. We'll put out that poll now, and then we'll have the results tomorrow. Yep, and then uh, 
I kind of forgot to put up the 149-pound quarter, so I did it this morning, but we still got a lot of votes, and I don't think it really impacted any of them. Uh, we'll start at the top. Your number one seed, 2017, Zane Rutherford against uh, number eight seed, 2014, Jason Sertzis. Okay, this one happened, basically. Yeah. So, Zane Rutherford by a lot. Zane, by yep. a lot, yes. People said 93%. Uh, your two seed, Britt Metcalf. Uh, we went with the 2010 version against uh, number seven seed 2013 Jason Chamberlain. Yes, Metcalf. Metcalf, easy. Yep, that one was 93 percent as well on Twitter. Uh, your three seed, the man we spoke to this morning, 2012 uh, version of Frank Molinero versus number six uh, 2016 Brandon Sorensen. G Hulk, undefeated NCAA champion, Big Ten champ, Tech fall, Dylan Ness at Big Tens. I think he, uh, I think he wins this match. With it's a pretty hard match because Brandon Sorensen is really hard to score on, and uh, but it's a one to two takedown match. But I think Molinero would win this. Agreed, Grill Hulk all the way. G Hulk. Yep, that was seventy one percent for Frank on Twitter, and then um, uh, this one's interesting. Number four, two thousand nineteen, Anthony Ashnall versus number five, two thousand ten, Lance Palmer. Okay, <clears throat> I yeah, this can, is this is a good one. In many scenarios, Lance Palmer is an NC2A champion. He wrestled at 149 pounds during the toughest era ever for 149 pounds. And he beat Brent Metcalf. That happened. Yes. This dude beat Brent Metcalf. Uh, the Brent Metcalf that's in this bracket. That's in this bracket. That very one. It was that very year. And he beat him. Uh, for for that reason, I, I think his top wrestling was excellent. He had a really good tank. Uh, Ashnall had a great senior year, but if you look at the the quality of competition and compare it, I think this is Lance all day. He's really good on top. He had strong leg attacks. He's really hard to get to. He's very athletic, uh, very underrated guy just because of the era he wrestled in. Like honestly, I I would. I'm pretty sure Palmer like kind of owned Molinero. Like I don't I don't know if Frank beat him at any point. Um, and you know we we've advanced Frank to the, to well, this they, point, but they, but they only wrestled what one year when they were both at 49. I guess Christian? it would have just been 2010. Yeah, 2010. But yeah, I, I believe Palmer won every time, right? I think so. I don't know how many times they hit. If only we knew, we could have asked Frank Molinero. Uh, Dag on it. But I think, and that was certainly before Frank. Frank won his NCAA title in 2012, and this was 2010. But yeah. that being said, I I got to go with Palmer here. The party, I think he wins this one. Yeah, I think that's who I'm going to go with too. I, I thought I was going to be out on an island. Actually, I I didn't think you guys would agree with me on this one. Uh, Palmer was so good, and, and yeah, to, to your point, he that era. I, I just saw that bracket. The what was it? The two thousand eight one forty nine bracket. Probably the greatest NCAA bracket of all time. I mean, so absurdly good. Mm-hmm. And Lance was just really, really, really good. He just came at an era where there was a couple guys that he couldn't beat. And so um, I think in a lot of other years he is the NCAA champion. I'm going to pick him over Anthony National. Yeah, that two thousand eight bracket you're talking about, which I think we. All kind of yeah. call the best bracket of all time. He actually gave Brent Metcalf his closest match in the quarters. It was three to two. And Do then you remember? Brent Metcalf went on to beat Jordan Burroughs eight to four and 
majored or almost majored Bubba Jenkins in the finals. I'm going to find the quarter. Um, there's a crazy exchange when where, he sits. where Brent yeah. gets doubled yes. hard. And this would have won the match or almost won him the match. And somehow... He's kind of bounced up from it. He yes. comes out and he does like a Granby, he does a front roll somersault and gets out of it. It's it's insane. I'm going to find it. I'm going to tweet it right now. Um, wow. This is back in the day when they were <laughs> uploading in parts. So this is part two of Brent Metcalfer's uh, Lance Palmer. I'll tweet that. Yeah, li- this is a crazy exchange, though, and he was that close to being Metcalf the year he won. As a, as a true freshman, he was fourth. Then he was uh, eighth in the toughest Weight class ever. ever. Mm-hmm. Then he was. Then he was fourth, and then he was second the year he beat, the year we're talking about, and the year he actually beat Metcalf in the Big Ten finals as well. Yes. All right. I've got the. Yeah. Right there it is. Yep. Hold on. Let's see if I can get. Are it. Are you tweeting it? I want to. I want to see this. Yeah, I'm gonna tweet it. Um, I got Oh, yeah. Are you gonna get it live on the show? No, I'm no. not gonna get it live on the show. We ain't. We ain't that nice Ooh. with it. Yeah. Here it is. Double leg. All right. I'm about to tweet it. Man. Honestly, it was so close to a two. Crazy exchange. Okay. I will. So I got to go with the party as well. Dang, unanimous. Yeah, except what did the people say? Yeah, so it's 3-1. They said Ashnall at 60%. That's reason to see bias. Yeah, yeah, they don't remember. They don't know. They don't know the party. They don't know about the party. They don't know that he he beat Bears as a, he literally as a beat kid. Bear. He literally beat Bears. Everyone forgets that. Also, Ben, I found uh, someone put it in the Facebook chat. I don't know if you've heard of this place, uh, the Joe Don Farm. I had never. I saw that. I saw that in the chat. <laughs> it's in That's Wisconsin. Actually... It looks like a looks like a yeah place kind of nicer than Winniewood, but John uh, John's kid actually wrestles in our ninjas program. Uh, Will Jacob, he's fantastic. Nice. You call them ninjas? Yeah. Ninjas in training, we call our little kids, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay. Well, we obviously aren't going to get into the 2014 NC2A wrestling bracket today. We haven't even started. Save it. Um, we'll save Q's that. from F's, right? Well, yeah, we'll go straight to, to the Q's from F's. Which senior from FRL Brainbuster? which senior is most relieved they'll officially never have to make that weight again? Mm, that's was, a good one. I need, I, need a rank, I need some rankings. I don't have a rankings. Um, I'm going to pull him up. Man, I'm telling you what. Luke Pletcher was pulling some weight at 41, I think. I got When I was there. No, what? Man, when I was there for before the Stanford match, maybe he's just one of those guys. He was there running with sweats for a really long time. I was like, holy cow. It's like this guy went up a weight and still is like really hurting. To- I'm, def- I'm definitely not picking him. Okay, yeah, how, about, how about Jack Mueller? Oh yeah, he's got to be pumped. He's got to be like buck yeah. forty eight right now. Tristan Moran's probably one seventy. Oh yeah, for sure he is. Yeah, he was cutting a lot. Tri- yeah, I'll say Tristan. Yeah, he was cutting a lot. Let's see. I'm I'm kind of going through the rankings, top ranked guys. Uh, yeah, yeah. It just doesn't happen nearly as much as it used to. I mean, only for the case of lineup changes or, or whatever, but yeah, it doesn't really happen nearly to the level that it did previously. Yeah, which is which is definitely a good thing. 
Definitely. Okay, who is Chris Pendleton targeting for his staff? We kind of went into that. We don't really know, but hey, sure. you know who I I thought of two guys in the interim, Christian. Okay, uh, Jo, I know that I've, he, he's had a good relationship with Jo. That's a possibility. Obviously, you know who knows if Jo will want to leave his training situation with having to wait another year for the Olympics. But that would be a good one. The other guy I thought who would coach Arizona State would be Tanner Hall, who's from that Pacific Northwest region. Obviously, you always need a heavyweight coach. And, uh, you know, he'd have a lot of connections in that in that Idaho, Washington, Oregon region. Yeah, Tanner Hall makes a lot of sense, actually. I could definitely see that. They have a good relationship, Chris and Tanner. And, yeah, it's always a thing. You need a heavyweight coach to roll with your guys. It's, a, it's hard to find partners for them. So that does yep. make a lot of sense. Okay, next question. How are we going to get Car- Carol to admit to the murder she committed? Hmm. <laughs> how about what you always said like well i couldn't have done it it was a small meat grinder like oh yeah but you have tigers out there lady like come on <laughs> yeah oh she's clean she has a small meat grinder she didn't go for the human-sized meat grinder um i don't know she came uh does she like expect us to believe too that if you just put a body like in a tiger's cage that they're not eventually going to eat it yeah like she's like, oh, you got to put like uh, sardine oils on it or something. Like I don't believe that. Like Ben's saying, they're tigers are taking people from villages all the time. Yeah. They yeah. Can't or how about no? How about how she was out at three a.m. in the morning? Oh yeah, I forgot the night about of that. His disappearance. Mm-hmm. That was weird. What was she doing? That's not a lady that's out at three in the morning. No. Seriously. How about they have the security footage of of Joe Exotic limping to the. Uh... <laughs> His own security footage. And he's like, there. He was showing it. He was like, look look at that limp. That's the filmmaker guy, whatever his name was. Yep. What a, yeah. Kirk. Follow-up from Austin Amos. Who is the Joe Exotic of college wrestling? I, I don't know that we have one of those. Sammy Brooks. Sammy Brooks. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I guess just because he has a mullet. He's, he's a Joe Exotic. <laughs> No, he's got a hand the Hawkeyes cup. He has something between Oh, my them. gosh. It is Sammy Brooks. Also kind of Max Murin. Max oh, Murin. Max Murin. That Max was, Murin has yeah. a pet snake who he got from. Oh, Sammy Joe Brooks. Joe Exotic. No. <laughs> yeah, he got, it was handed down from Sammy Brooks. Miss Hiss. Miss <laughs> Oh, my God. Wow. Oh, my gosh. It is Max Murin and Sammy Brooks. Are the Joe Exotic. I'm sorry, guys. It's uh... Oh, wait. Are Max Murin and <laughs> Sammy Brooks dating each other then? No, don't start that. <laughs> Dang on it. We were fine until then. Now now we're gonna you've drawn the ire of Hawkeye Nation. Okay. Sparky Sparky Boo Man. What are some of the biggest shock and awe individual moves that you guys have seen? Just things that like blew your mind in uh NCAA wrestling tournament or otherwise. Stuff like you just oh, saw your I- I was literally just scrolling through tw- uh, Twitter or Facebook, and Rashidov did this ridiculous thing where he like he does a duck and then slams this guy backwards right on his head. How can I find it again? Damn it all! Some of the, the type in- some of the Bonnie Rodriguez stuff is crazy. Like, like oh yeah, when he gets a fireman's carry, he just has such insane power and strength, and like does a role. Um, he, some of the ones Sparky put in here, like Chinzo's trip to pin Imar, Caldwell's head headlock on Metcalf. I mean, you think about the Gilman Moisey that when Moisey mm. packed, that is like 
one of the most loud, insane moments I've ever seen. When like, jaw dropping. Uh, when Nick pinched Nitty pinned Spencer last year, oh it was like gosh. one of those oh. moments where it was like I was just kind of standing there in the arena, just like this really happening. Like you were like waiting for it to like rewind, and you know Spencer not get pinned. I don't know. It was it was surreal. That was definitely yeah. a shock and awe moment. Um, no, the I've never seen a place go insane like that before. No, that's the craziest thing I've ever experienced in terms of watching wrestling. Um, other ones? I wasn't there, but obviously the Rob Rowan cement mixer, that's a pretty famous one. I, I wasn't there. That, my first one was 2003. I remember watching that, and I was like, how does Josh Lambrecht hitting his tilt so easy? I was like, he made the tilt. He was up like 14 points almost. He was just taking down yeah. tilt, tilt. I was like, how is he so good at this? I, this was like years and years ago when I was watching. Really didn't – I still don't really understand. But I really didn't understand how he was doing it so effectively. But then the dude just hits the sick mixer. It's crazy. Uh, Michael DeMoss, where does the Dake versus Taylor rank on the all-time best NCAA final matches? I <clears throat> – it's up there. I mean, in terms of it is the most electric matchup that's ever happened in NCAA wrestling history as far as I'm concerned. It's not the greatest match ever, but the drama behind it is so – it's still crazy to me when I think about the fact that it happened, that a three-time champ going for his fourth would go up to the Hodge Trophy winner. Like, yeah, there's so much of that – bravado in wrestling where there is that that kind of confidence but a lot of guys just even in wrestling you wouldn't take that path right as as yeah, confident as it, sure. you're just like i'm not going like you see it all the time guys go up and around weights to avoid guys or take years and do things and this dude not only does he, he could have gone 57 and and walked to a title he's like you know what i'm gonna go through david taylor for my fourth title at a fourth weight it's still crazy to me that it happened and like i remember yeah I was at Final X, Penn State, when, when it was there, and my dad's there, and we're walking around the wrestling room, and I'm telling him about David Taylor and how great he was, and then, you know, he's a champion in, in 2012, and he's a champion in 2014. He's like, well, what happened in, what happened in 2013? And I'm like, my dad doesn't know anything. And I'm explaining it to yeah. him, and I'm, like, getting fired up. I'm like, I can't, I can't believe this happened. This is such a crazy thing that's happened and that it came down to and the fact that there was like real team race ramifications going into the finals made it even crazier than crazy Ben um yeah, yeah. that was that, that was awesome that was, Snyder Gwiz Snyder Gwiz was another one that was just totally electric for me it really was and man I I was like so thinking Snyder was gonna win but really when Gwiz came out and got those first two takedowns, I was like, "This guy is, just, yeah, this guy is just so unbelievable." Like Gwiz is so dang good. Um, we hadn't seen a three-time heavyweight champ in so long. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then you had Snyder who came out of red shirt on New Year's Eve at midnight. Were um, you at the scuffle that year? I was this? not. Oh. No. We were all just hanging in the hotel room waiting for midnight for we for when we could, we could post it because we found out like earlier that day it was happening. But he wanted to wait till midnight, so he put it up yep. then. That was and he was undersized, pretty good undersized then. He got bigger, but yes. yeah. So that those definitely rank uh, extremely high. 
Uh, Hawk Vike uh, says, still can't believe Spencer won't be a four-timer. How's your son taking the news? He doesn't know. I didn't tell him. They, he didn't get another you didn't tell him. I'll tell him. You didn't tell him. Why you hide things You're from him? You're a terrible him? father. I'm not a terrible father. He's going to find <laughs> out. He's going to find out. But it's just like the moment I, I wanted to come up. If I just like straight up tell him, oh. he'll be <laughs> – if I just tell him, he'll be really, really upset. But if he asks about it and I tell him, I think he'll be like – he'll handle it. Or if I just like – if it comes up a little more naturally, you're, it won't – You're plotting? You're plotting on your son? I'm not plotting. I'm trying – no, I'm thinking of a way where it won't like devastate him completely and totally. Like if I Whoa. if I just like drop it on him, it'll like – it'll be all he talks about for a day and it'll be really upsetting to him. If it, if it can come up more organically and I'm like, oh – yeah, Spencer won't get that that year back. He'll be like, oh, and he'll think about it. And then in five minutes, he'll ask like 10 questions and it might not be quite as bad. Um, I don't I think, know. I think when you go home today, Christian, you need to go break the news to to him. Before he sees it on Twitter, he might be on Twitter. Uh, he might see it on he's Twitter. not on Twitter. Know. He has an account, but he only has it when he's on my phone. So he he's not on Twitter really. Uh, so, yeah, I haven't told him yet. I will, but. He should be tweeting up a storm right now. Oh, we're in quarantine. Yeah. I know. Come on, let him on. All right, I might. Yeah, maybe I'll hand him his phone. Um, <laughs> tell him to get get to tweeting. Who knows what he'll say? He threw you under the bus. Yeah, on... he said I was a terrible driver while I'm driving him across the country. <laughs> he just liked to mess with you. I know. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, any other questions? Anything else before we depart here at nine forty-two, deep in the heart of Texas? Nothing. Did you have you considered getting um, uh, asking your wife Amy to get privately owned Ben Askren tattooed on her, like uh, <laughs> Joe Exotic uh, does with his Ben? Maybe she already has that. Oh my gosh! <laughs> All right. Well, we'll 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 leave it at that. Which um, stack rank uh, Joe Exotic's husbands? Which uh, which were your favorites uh, in order? Well, then okay. So first of all. I, I I felt that they weren't gay. I was so impressed that he was able to talk a, a straight person into marrying him. That was bizarre. But then then he talks to the new person, the new kid. He he didn't even let a meth head. No, I was like, what is this? Just a normal looking kid. Justin Bieber looking normal. Pa- passage. Yeah, I was like, what the heck? I was like, you know, meth mouth. I could see, and Travis clearly had some issues. Um, but the the most recent guy I was like, man, you gotta be able to do better than Joe Exotic. How about the campaign manager who's selling firearms at Walmart? He's like, yeah, I'll join this three ring circus. He was maybe the most normal of all of Dream them. Job. He was, Dream he Job. Dream awesome. Job. I guess he was like, you know, I kind of admire his spirit because it's like, well, you know, everyone starts somewhere, right? But there is no. Yeah. That is uh, debasing yourself to a, a point I don't I don't think was necessary. That guy's like, it's the worst mistake in my life. Uh, oh my goodness. You guys know where Dylan Passage was born? Um, where? Manitoba <laughs> County. Tex- Austin, Texas. <laughs> well, you know oh. what? Austin's not my hometown. It's just where I live right now. Um, oh my goodness. That's funny. Okay. Um, well, let's go ahead and get the heck out of here. You got any, anything going on today, Tyler? Or uh, not Tyler. Tyler's our production guy. I'm, Kyle? I'm Ben. Kyle? <laughs> um, no. Ben. No. Uh, we had a lot of 
breaking news yesterday. Spencer Lee won the Hodge. Spencer won the Hodge! Congratulations. Hey, we didn't even talk about we that. We didn't even talk what about it heck? because it was such a foregone conclusion in my mind, and I didn't even yeah, think about true. it. That's true. Yeah, everyone knew he was going to win. Yes. Uh, is that who you voted for, Ben? Yeah, that's who I voted for. Yeah, I, think, I think he got, like, everyone but one vote, maybe. First place vote. Five, oh. Nomad said. Was it five? That's what Nomad it said. He wants, to take, he wants to take their Hodge vote away. Wow, that's great. Just, hey, Dan got Dan got a Hodge vote. Did y'all know that? That's great. He yeah. should have it. He should have it. Um, oh my goodness! Look at guys. I gotta break into my studio. Oh I thought no! The door was locked. Ozzy, say what's up. Ozzy, the Tiger King. What's up, buddy? Oh, he's sad. He I'm doesn't sorry. like you guys. He's sad. It's gonna be okay. Your daddy's gonna get you a pet tiger. It's gonna be great. Have a fun day, Ozzy. Bye. Say bye, Ozzy. Thanks so much, guys. We'll see you next time. Tomorrow. Happy Tuesday, y'all. We out. Tell them something.